Welcome to Luke's home C2C League. Today is Sunday, March 27th. I'm Luke Provasco. This is Jacob Belva. And first, we got some NCAA news to cover. It's been a long time since our last podcast. A lot has happened. Um, Fox is looking to... Or Fox and the Big Ten are going to be having their contract come up for their TV deal. Currently, they pay $440 million annually to the Big Ten. Word on the street is NBC wants to come after the Big Ten and get their um, games for roughly $1.1 billion annually. So that's a big increase um, on there. The other notable thing is NBC, when I think of NBC and college football, I think of, who do you think of, Jacob? NBC and college football? Yeah. I don't know. You tell me. I think of Notre Dame. Well, yeah. Notre Dame always always plays at like, I think it's like 2.30. I don't know. Chad, the resident Irish fan would know. I think it's about 2.30. But if you got Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, these teams playing at, you know, you're 11 o'clock and they're getting done at, what, one thirty, two o'clock? Are they going to have the Notre Dame game right on at 2.30? Uh, they also have a partnership with Peacock. Maybe some games are played um, or aired on Peacock. I don't know. It's something interesting to kind of watch just in the college landscape with NIL and all that other stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because basically these are, you know, these are universities. So the budget at the end of the year for all of them has to read zero, right? Like they have to spend that money. And so if you're talking about the TV money doubling, I think you're going to just see huge disparities in facilities like five years from now. Like the Big Ten and the SEC, their facilities are going to rival NFL teams versus – Right now, you got, you know, Big 12 is going to get maybe a third of the money yearly. Like, that's going to be wild. So, yeah, that's that's something to watch. Uh, not a big for, you know, our college fantasy, but something just in the college landscape to, to watch. Um, another word that broke since we last met was Jaden Daniels of Arizona State transfers to LSU looked like he was just going to test the market and then was bashed by all of his teammates on Twitter. I don't know if you saw any of those. Yeah. Um, And he, he, he left, goes to LSU. And then today I tweeted out or co-tweeted something of Brian Kelly is incentivizing players to eat food on campus instead of at Kane's chicken which is funny in the sense of Jaden Daniels comes over. Miles Brennan is was the current quarterback, and he has an NIL deal with Kane's Chicken. So is he, like, subtly trying to move Miles Brennan out? I don't know. It's funny nonetheless. Anything Brian Kelly it's related. Just, it's just been know, so just bizarre comedy. since he's got to LSU. And LSU are, already always has, you know, some weirdness to it, but it's been ratcheted up. Did you see the reports that, uh, and I, again, I don't know if these are 
true or not, but it's like the only only thing that Brian Kelly knows about Keyshawn Boutte is his last name. Yeah, I read that. Real weird thing to say because, I mean, I don't even think Boutte really needs to play another year. Yeah, like he would be my wide receiver. He'd be definitely be in the top five. He'd probably be a wide receiver two or three for me without playing. Without JSN would probably go up to number one. Yeah, without playing, I think I'd still have him at one. Unless unless Quentin Johnston so, were to light light the world on fire this next year. But So that a lot of weird things from LSU and Brian Kelly. And I just I just don't get it. I don't know. But it is what it is. That's about all the college news we have today. Um, we'll go into some of our trades that we had since our last podcast, which was about trades. We had eight since our last um, meeting here. So I'll get get your thoughts quickly here, Jacob. So we have Luke sends or Luke receives an NCAA 604 and $5 fab on the college side for Jair Shorter, Elijah Badger, Camaro Edmonds, and an NCAA 710. Um, I can see why Nate made the trade. I guess with your team, I would probably prefer the five extra fab bucks. Yeah. Just because it, it ensures that you get whoever you want. Kind of, you know, when we get to our free agency period, since we only have two a year. Yep. So that's what I kind of, I kind of liked about that. But Kamaro Edmonds at UNC, they brought in a couple freshmen, but he's still in the mix. Elijah Badger's doing pretty well at ASU currently. Um, and then I was just big on Shorter there at North Texas, who had an injury riddled season. But I got to make cuts at some point. And, Right. I was willing to let go with them. Uh, and then not too long after that, I traded away my NCAA 106, NCAA 306, and NCAA 610 for NCAA 102. Yeah. I felt pretty good about that. Yeah. I think, it, again, it fits what you're trying to do, and it fits what Dennis kind of needed. So, Yeah, Dennis, if, if you haven't paid attention, Dennis is kind of lacking some of the picks on the NCAA side, so he got he got some picks there to fill out his team. Uh, then I traded with Chad. I gave him Jake Kaner and Jalen Cropper, a pretty good stack there that, that was pretty profitable last year. Got NCAA 203, NCAA 303, and NCAA 403. I'd probably go with the picks that you got in this one, just because I don't think Hayner or Cropper have oh. a ton of NFL upside, and right now we kind of value the NFL side more. So, Yep, and I like Hayner. We don't have... I don't think the 2023 quarterbacks are like super deep. You got Stroud and, and Bryce Young at the top and and Will Levis. You know, there's Will Levis. rumblings Thank at you. Levis. Yep, Will Levis. Yep. And uh maybe Hayner can can move himself if he has a couple of good games into into that NFL talk. Um I don't know exactly how high he could get, but um 
Yeah, pretty much, like, this is what I want. Like, I didn't really want to get rid of them, but if I'm going to, this is what I need. So I was like, I'm pretty stand pat here. Um, and then everyone's favorite trade, uh, Patrick got A.J. Dillon and Sky Moore, uh, while Luke got Calvin Ridley, Ezekiel Elliott, NCAA 101, and NCAA 202. Yeah, I think this is the second trade that you've had since we started the league where the thought of collusion did cross my mind. <laughs> was was the first was the first one Boutet and, and Edmonds? Yes. So But yeah, I, I, I mean obviously I know that that's not happening, but yeah. I think you definitely got way more than Patrick on this one. I mean, I like Skymore. I'm I had multiple people inquire about Skymore and I'm like I I'll listen if it's good enough. I'll, right, like, but what you're sure. hoping Sky Moore turns into is Calvin Ridley. Who doesn't bet on football? Sure, but you're Hopefully. talking about a year. He's going to come back. He's going to be 27. I mean... That was... Uh, another thing was... Like, I had inquired, like, you know... A while ago, like, hey, what would one one cost? Just out of curiosity, and Patrick's like, I'm willing to trade. It's just gonna have to be the right cost. And he was, you know, really going for Sky Moore and AJ Dillon. He wasn't a big AJ Dillon fan until Aaron Rodgers uh, decided to come back. Which, you know, I see, I see it. But I was able to do this in the time frame also when Devontae Adams was there, which also. I yeah, I think I like the running back that you're going to get at 101 more than either of those other two at this point. You think I'm going to get a running back at 101? I think you should. Have you read? Have you looked at my rankings? I, I did look at your rankings. I feel, like, hurt right now. Well, I don't know. I kind of like Quinn Ewers. For what? Quarterback. Sure. <laughs> you go go do it. Go do it. Oh, man, now you're playing mind games with me. Let's see here. And then after that trade, I was holding Deshaun Watson, waiting for the news. Nate came in, and he was like, hey, I really want Deshaun Watson. What's going on? I was like, ah, I really like him. But I trade Deshaun Watson George Pickens, Wandell Robinson, and an NFL 201 for Nick Chubb, Zach Ertz, Dak Prescott, and Michael Trigg. Mm, pretty even. I think I I would probably take Deshaun Watson, though. I, I definitely didn't really want to get rid of Deshaun Watson, but I didn't feel like the down tier from Watson to Prescott was tremendous. Yeah, and, I think I think I'm lower, probably lower on Prescott than most people are personally. But yeah, he's still a good quarterback and, for fantasy purposes. And then um, getting Nick Chubb in there, like my hesitation, like I was in talks with Nate before Patrick's deal came in, and I didn't really want to trade for a running back because how I feel, like I want to dynasty is running backs are short term 
you know, have those be like my last guys before I make my run. I want to have my quarterback. I want to have my wide receivers. And then get my – because we only need to start two in a full-point PPR league. So once I already had Zeke, I was like, well, I can't waste too many more years of Zeke's career. I might as well start. So – yeah, I mean, next year is my I, I, when I start, I guess. Yeah, and I still see Ezekiel Elliott as a top ten running back. Like I know he's getting older and that he isn't what he used to be, but I think he still finishes RB seven last year. So there's still meat on the bone there. Yeah, and worst case, if they're both just RB twos or worst case flex plays, they're better than my Moss, Zach Moss, and. I don't even know who else I had as a running back. It was pretty much nothing. Zach Moss bust. Yeah, they're definitely better than Zach Moss. <laughs> so then, then you were like, hey, I want in on some of this action. You come in and you send away your 204. Or NCAA 204, NCAA 405, NCAA 406, and you get NCAA 106, NCAA 702, and NCAA 1002. So now you have two picks of the first. Yeah, I, I, I've got like a list so I, of, I, really like I would that. say, like three or four guys that I just really want, and I'm hoping to get at least two of them in this freshman draft. And then I think I think Dennis probably still got the better like value in terms of picks, just because it fits kind of his strategy of, you know, wanting to move up a little bit on some of the picks that he traded away to get NFL talent earlier. Yep. And he's like still there at the middle of the fourth. We'll still get yep. some good picks there. Um, then Nate. So this happened at tweets bachelor party. And this, this deal. So tweet gets Devonte Adams, Cooper Cup, Michael Carter, Keontae Ingram, and NFL 201, while Nate gets Ryan Tannehill, James Washington, Garrett Wilson, and Brees Hall. If I weren't at Tweet's bachelor party, I would have thought that Nate was the drunk one. Yeah. Um, you're really betting on Brees Hall being like a top, top five running back asset, like year one. So, I mean, you just you got rid of two of the top ten receivers in the league. So that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. And then you got Ryan Tannehill, who I think most of us probably think that he's pretty replaceable. Yep, and I get why he you know went after Tannehill because he just got Watson and is Watson to get suspended. I think his other quarterback was Matt Ryan, so it's Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill, which. I, I don't know, kind of like Matt Ryan's situation right now. Yeah, I probably would have just wrote it out with Matt Ryan. But Especially if A.J. Brown goes to the Jets. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, who's he going to be throwing to? What's going on here with the Jets? A.J. Brown, what are you hearing? Oh, just a bunch of rumors going around. Nothing, like, actually oh. has happened. But it's like, usually when there's rumors like that and they kind of percolate, there's probably there's- some. Something going on. Yeah, there's some smoke. I mean, so let's look at the, you know, quick break here. But you look at the NFL draft 
they're having a lot of mocks with Drake London going to um, the Jets, which Todd McShay is friends with. I think it's the GM with the Jets, and he's, I think, just always had London going there. So, like, I feel very confident that they're going to take a, a wide receiver nonetheless. And then Tyreek Hill is on the block all of a sudden, and you hear the Jets are in the market. So, hey, they're in the market for a wide receiver. They're drafting a wide receiver. Yeah, because Elijah Moore is a nice receiver, but he's not your traditional kind of X receiver that's going to win on the outside. So I that was definitely missing last year, and it doesn't look like that's going to be Denzel Mims. So it's probably a good move to Unfortunately. Get, yeah, but it's probably a good move to get some – you know, some more talent around Zach Wilson and see how what shakes out. Yeah, having having Elijah Moore as a, as a number two is, is really solid. He's definitely not a, a number one guy. No, and I mean, Braxton Berrios should be on the field. <laughs> and then let's get to your Crim de la Crim trade. Like, I feel like you will forever love this trade. You trade away Michael Thomas, Dallas Goddard, David Bell, and an NCAA 1204 for Kyle Pitts and an NCAA 405. Yeah. Um, Kyle Pitts is just kind of one of, I guess, my favorite players that's come out in the last few years. So I just wanted to make pay up, get a guy that I wanted. Yep. Getting, you know, that fourth round pick they traded away earlier is is still nice while Dennis gets Michael Thomas. He's aging. I mean, he's still a really good wide receiver since the last time we saw him on the field. Dallas Goddard, you know, we always hope, but uh, hope isn't always a plan. David Bell, um, he, in my opinion, is just a very, he does a lot of things good. He's just like not really good at one thing which I think kind of limits him. We'll we'll get into the um, combine stuff later, but, you know, if you thought he was going to test well, you didn't really watch a lot of his stuff. No, but, I mean, really the reason I got the 405 back was because uh, Dennis didn't want Justin Ross. Instead, he wanted David Bell. And for me, David Bell is still a wide receiver, too, for this class. I have him over London, I have him over Garrett Wilson, and I have him over Olave. So that's just me. Ooh, is it? Did you just not like Garrett Wilson's uh, gauntlet run where he was a kangaroo? I don't like Garrett Wilson's size. Uh, I mean, when I say I don't like, I still am high on Garrett Wilson, just not as high as everybody else. Um, and yeah. then he didn't have a better college career than Chris Olave, so I'm not sure why I should like him more. Gotcha. All right, that gets through all of our trades uh, since our last meeting. Now we're going to get into some NFL news. Jacob, I will let you drive since NFL is your side. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Um, Kind of figured that. And I think Green Bay is probably going to do about the same that they have done, I guess, every year. 
they're going to win a bunch of games, they're going to get to playoffs, and they're probably going to lose fairly early. I honestly, like, we'll get to all the other other moves, but it's just very funny with all the, the QB carousel that out of all of them, Rodgers was the only person to stay. He did get a pay bump, though. I thought that was... Yep. So... So then uh, Russell Wilson to Denver. Um, that one kind of I, – I thought Rodgers should have gone to Denver. Um, I think any good quarterback should have wanted to go to Denver. And personally, I kind of like Denver to be favorite at, favorites for the Super Bowl. What about the, what about the Chargers? I mean, that's that, that division's – What about them? I think they got a lot better on on defense, and their O line got got better here. Or, yeah, I or I still think defensive line. Right Sorry, not offensive line. I just think Denver's defense is better than the Chargers, and I think their offense probably now is too. So that, where do you think uh, the Chiefs land in that? Do you think the the Raiders are still the bottom, and then nope. Chiefs are third? Chiefs are fourth. Chiefs are fourth. Ooh. You know what? That might be me being a hater a little bit, <laughs> but at the same time, they were hurting without an ex-receiver last year, and now they don't have Tyreek to be like super dynamic in the, in the slot. Travis Kelsey's getting older. They don't have a whole lot of money. They did get a, cu- they did get a couple pieces back into the building, I guess, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't. Their trend line isn't going up. I guess is what I would say. Gotcha. So then Wentz to the Commanders. Okay. I mean, they needed somebody, but it just doesn't seem like he is willing to. I don't know. Change his ways, get better, whatever the case may be. He just seems like a super headstrong guy, and like the only thing, I, like he's he's a bridge quarterback for for their future if they decide to go quarterback this year or wait till next year. He's familiar with the NFC East. That's about all I got. All right. I don't know if you dropped off. Jacob, oh, you might I'm on be mute. on mute. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think people. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> by the fine. way, I just don't think people like reinvent themselves this late in their career. So he just kind of is what he is. You know exactly what you're gonna get for Washington, and then hopefully they have a pick that they can use on a quarterback next year. Now you're on mute. I don't have much more to add to the, gotcha. the commander's talk there. I think it'll help. Terry McLaurin might might be one of his better quarterbacks he's had, but that's, that's about all fantasy-wise, I think. Yeah, I mean, he I doesn't got. really do a great job of like spreading the ball around, and so he's going to find the target that he wants to target, and that's who's going to get the ball. So... McLaurin, Deami Brown, Logan Thomas, a couple of them are going to be on the outs for fantasy purposes this next season. 
I'm secretly hoping for Deami Brown. I got him in my dynasty league, and I think I have him in our C two C league. Yeah, I have I have quite a few different shares of him, and I'm just not super hopeful. So it's tough to do nothing as a rookie and then kind of bounce back and be good. But cough, cough, Terrence Marshall. That'd be one of them. Um, I've got three of them on my roster, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, and Brian Edwards. <laughs> All of whom I really, really liked at one point. So yep. I don't really know anything. <laughs> None of us do. No. None of us do. We like to think we do. Yeah. I'm going to talk like I do. Yeah, for sure. So then Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. What are your thoughts there? My f- thoughts are, wow, like Cooper goes there, cool, whatever. But then when Watson said, hey, you guys are out, and then it's between, what was it, the Falcons and the Saints, and it's like, you know what, Cleveland, you're in. I pick you. And then he says it had nothing to do with the guaranteed money or anything, which I don't know if he actually knew what the deals were or whatnot, but I don't know. Getting that much money, I think, would have had to play a part into it. The other thing that I I feel is getting Cooper for $20 million, not that terrible after seeing what the whole Adams, we'll get to it later, but I think Adams' deal just, like, changed the landscape of everything. So, like, granted, Christian Kirk isn't, like, the best, and I think his deal was for, like, $17 million or something. But, like, hey, I get Amari Cooper for $20 million. He's a good route runner. Like, that's not too bad. No, I thought the Cooper deal was good. The Watson one, I mean... It's kind of Cleveland responding to the fact that they've never been able to figure out quarterback, right? They're op- That's the only reason yep. they're offering that because I don't think anybody has Watson as a top three quarterback. Definitely not top two, but a top three like quarterback in even Dynasty League football. So that's a, just a ton of money. And I think... In a weird way, and I don't want to get into the logistics of the personal matters, but if he didn't have these allegations, like, I know he, I think the timeline was, I want out of Texas. I don't want to be a Texan anymore. Then these allegations come out. In a weird way, his stock went up like for for money like had he not had these allegations like i don't know if he he just probably gets traded like money doesn't probably change a whole bunch yeah i mean but then he ended up getting all this extra money in a weird way i think it's also so the league's in a unique was... position where there's a ton of teams that are kind of quarterback needy i mean we had that big draft we had that big draft class um last year and kind of the jury's still out on all of them and so you're kind of looking around and you're like, well, let's just go get a guy. Because if, if Trevor Lawrence isn't working out, you know what I mean? Maybe that's 
kind of a perception yeah. some of these teams have. And that's not to say that Trevor Lawrence won't work out. It's just saying it's it was pretty shocking how bad kind of all those rookie quarterbacks were last year. When we talk about like us not knowing anything, when it comes to quarterback, the NFL has showed us they don't know anything yet. What was it Dak went in the fourth round? Yeah, or third, like, third. Yep. Tom Brady, third round, and then you got Tom Brady. I mean, obviously he's a little bit different because he started football, I think, in the seventies. At this point, like everything's changed, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it's wild with all the analytics that we have. We can't figure out quarterback. So an interesting thing that I ran across um, on Twitter one time was someone basically did a study on like top 10 quarterback seasons and then what rounds those quarterbacks were drafted in and draft capital it basically has no correlation to how good a quarterback is. Probably just gives them opportunity. Yep. And if they seize the moment. Right. So, I mean, getting Lamar at the end of the first round is no different than, you know, Baker at the 101. There's no there's no added statistical, I don't know. There's nothing, like, statistically significant about getting drafted at 101 versus getting drafted at late in the first which I th- I found to be maybe really that's interesting. Good. That is interesting. And maybe, like, in general, you, you hear a lot of these talking heads in the fantasy industry talking about the quarterback class not being, like, super strong. Like, hey, if all these guys came out last year and were in that quarterback class, like, they'd be at the bottom. Well, maybe they would be, but. You know, maybe maybe it's okay. Good. So yeah, so that's interesting. So yeah, that was that was my Watson take. But yeah, I mean, I like it for Cleveland. Cleveland already has a very good team, so to you know kind of replace Odell and then uh, get a big upgrade at quarterback, I think, I think that division is just shaping up to be really really competitive. I think. The other thing about going after Watson that was interesting was what Cincinnati did. So Cincinnati, I think a lot of people said take Penny Suel with your first-round draft pick. They said, hold my beer. I'm going to go get a wide receiver. And everyone's like, you're going to get him killed. You're going to get him killed. He still got sacked a lot. Yeah, he still got <laughs> But they went got for offense. But they went for offense, and then they made it to the Super Bowl. I want, I mean, and then they did what the Chiefs did last year, where the Chiefs pretty much reinvented their offensive line after, you know, their loss in the Super Bowl. That that looks like what Cincinnati's doing, but that uh, I wonder if they saw what Cincinnati was doing. You know what? Everybody's built for ground and pound. You got um, Pittsburgh and the Ravens. Like, let's go for high-powered octane football. I wonder if they're trying to catch up slash stay in line with Cincinnati. So that division in general is going to be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, I think think a trend in the league has been basically attacking 
your offensive line through free agency so that you're already getting guys that you just know are good. Um, they might not be, you know, all-time Hall of Fame great, but you can build an entire unit around potential pro bowlers and pro bowlers. And then, yeah, I think that's how they're attacking it. All right. Well, enough Cleveland talk. All right. So, Devontae Adams to Las Vegas. I think I think Devontae Adams this, and Darren Waller on the same team is pretty much unfair. What do you think about fantasy? Like we, so we play fantasy. Do you think it's do you think it's better NFL wise than it is fantasy wise? Definitely. Or I definitely think it's better uh, NFL wise than fantasy wise. Um, I think if you, the person who's going to get the biggest like fantasy point upgrade is definitely going to be Derek Carr. Agreed. My my thing about this trade was it's, I think, a two-for-one. Not only do you get one of the best wide receivers in the league to help with that arms race going on, it forced the Chiefs' hands because then Tyreek Hill's like, I want more money. And it made the Chiefs worse. So I, th- I think that was a two, you know, they probably didn't see that coming, but I think that trade actually helped. Yeah, because I think they already had an agreed to deal between Tyreek and the Chiefs, but 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 nothing had been signed. Yep, that's what it and then like. Miami comes in and offers the world, and so yeah, he took it. Yep. But yeah, I think that's going to be really good for them in the real NFL, just like winning games to have Adams and Waller. You know what's going to happen is just like week one when Waller got targeted like 19 times, Adams is going to get targeted like 25 times and everyone's going to be like, wow, this is awesome. And then Raiders will Raider and Adams will get like, seven targets yeah, a game maybe. thereafter. Or it's going to be like 20 targets for Adams this week, 20 targets for Waller the next week, 20 targets for Adams. And then meanwhile, my Brian Ed- Edwards shares just like deteriorate. They dissolve and just drift off on the <laughs> air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Let's hear Then I guess we can hop on the show sheet down to – Tyreek Hill goes to Miami. Yep. Which, I don't know. I mean, you're either a Tua believer or not. I think he's capable. I just don't think Tua's a, a world beater. He has great throws. He has bad throws. This, I think, you gave him an upgraded offensive line. You gave him upgraded weapons. If he doesn't do it this year, maybe they're in the market next year. Yeah, I think that's exactly how the front office for Miami is looking at it. I think every team in the league wants Tyreek Hill on their roster, but Miami is the one where I just don't get it because Waddle and Hill both are most effective out of the slot. So, I mean, Kansas City struggled because they didn't have a boundary receiver last year. 
well, now Miami, your boundary receiver is still Devontae Parker. Like, you can put Hill out there, but he's not going to be as effective as if you had him in the slot. So that's where... That's where I just didn't quite understand it for everything that they gave up. Because, I mean, Waddle was really impressive, you know, as a rookie. But again, primarily playing in the slot. And also a lot of volume. Yeah. Yeah, and like getting the ball near the line of scrimmage and yards after catch and all that kind of stuff. So I, I still, like, adding Hill, I don't see how that gives you clarity on whether Tua can push the ball down the field. Hill's a big play guy, but at the same time, he's uh, yeah. I just don't know. I you mentioned you saw something on Twitter. I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, so I can't give him the uh, shout out here. But I saw something that like that. I think it was just longest attempt was Tua was like two yards further than Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it was an average, so it's kind of a nitpicky, cherry-picking stat, but interesting nonetheless. No, so, aver- so yeah, like average depth of target rankings last year, Patrick Mahomes was like the fifth worst, like fifth lowest in depth of target. So I think, I think we get this idea that Tyreek Hill is this huge downfield threat, but he's actually not. He's just an explosive player who gets – you know, the ball in short to intermediate areas of the field and then makes huge plays out of them. So that's where I didn't completely just understand the move by Miami. Yeah. Then, uh, let's hear. Oh, sorry. I think I'm, I'm taking over driving. Sorry. No, you're good. Matt Ryan goes to Indy. It's fine. It doesn't really address, like, Indianapolis's issues, I guess, but you know, I still think they make the playoffs. I think maybe they make a slightly, you know, a little bit more of a Super Bowl run, but I don't think I don't think you get to the Super Bowl just by adding Matt Ryan and getting rid of Carson Wentz. I did like the ad for Matt Ryan over the rumblings where Baker would go there. I mean, Matt Ryan oh, for sure. Gonna, he's going to be a professional quarterback, and he's going to you know, not make boneheaded mistakes like like Carson once made and I think just put him in a better situation. And Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, takes a big dip now because you got, you got Matt Ryan there. And Matt Ryan in his Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman days, dump down is, is a, a perfectly good option for him. So I like that for Taylor. Yeah. I mean, I think Matt Ryan is an upgrade. I just don't think it's substantial enough to like, okay, now Indy has a real shot at winning a Super Bowl. But that's just me. I agree. Allen Robinson to the Rams. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, it made more sense when Woods left. Um because I thought he did a lot of the same stuff that Woods does, but then I also thought maybe, well, they're bringing in A-Rod, they have Woods, so maybe Odell Beckham's not coming back. But I'm happy for A-Rod, because this is going to be his best quarterback he's ever had. And I think we're going to see if 
last year was an A-Rob folding it in or if it was a Bears thing. Yeah, I think we're going to see whether A-Rob is kind of on the decline or if basically Justin Fields was kind of unwilling to throw throw his way. Um, Because he's not a guy who creates a ton of separation and he never has been. So you got to just kind of trust that when you're throwing the – you know, throwing the ball to him. So trust that he's going to come down with it. And I think Stafford has plenty of experience of doing that. So, And then uh, we touched on it here. Robert Woods goes to Tennessee. Yeah, I really like that fit for Tennessee. Yeah, I like it much more for a football purpose as opposed to a fantasy purpose. Robert Woods is a really good blocker. Tennessee, I think, has a decent running back who I think they like to run the ball a fair amount. So yeah, it'll be fine. One thing that I think it will do for fantasy is hopefully it means that A.J. Brown is getting a lot more like short to intermediate targets rather than just being used downfield because that guy's he's a yak monster. I mean, just get him the ball. Yeah, it's amazing. And then the last big move that I think we need to talk about is all the great talent Kansas City got in. So when they got Jude, yeah, but when they got Sarcasm, I was, I thought that that was a good move for them. I, I feel like people forget Juju is 25 years old. He's super young. Yeah, he's been in the league for like 20 years and he's only 25. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, he is versatile enough that he can play a little bit on the outside. So I was, I thought it was a good fit, I guess, with him and Tyreek. And now Tyreek's gone, obviously. So Juju's probably going to move into that slot role. Um, they paid him like nothing, especially when you consider what they paid to get Marquez Valdez Scantling from Green Bay. Um, yes. Juju should definitely fire his agent. And I sent this to you, I think it was, was it last night of, so he got a new agency last year for free agency and where he didn't, he had to go back to Pittsburgh and then this happens because he got, what did he get paid? Like it's a one year deal. deal. I think it was like 3.25 million. And then MVS got like three years, 30. Yeah, just I can't remember that agency's name, but I don't want to be a part of that agency. No, and I mean, yeah, it's if I'm him, I feel a certain type of way about it. And obviously, you can only blame yourself and your agency, but I would not be cool with, <laughs> with the organiz- with the Chiefs either because they had to have known that like this is a terrible deal for this player. The other thing that I, you know, I texted you that we probably don't see is in his contract he gets paid per TikTok, so there is a good chance that he's able to make Patrick Mahomes yeah. level money. I think, I think it would be so exhausting to be a Kansas City fan for this upcoming season. Like Sorry, you're gonna have to deal with Juju TikToks, Jackson you, Mahomes TikToks, Brittany Mahomes TikToks. Unreal. And then you get, then you get, you know, RB1, Rojo. Like, move over, CH, 
here comes Rojo. I, I can't catch the ball all that well, but I, I can a little bit, and now I'm I'm in town. I don't know. Didn't really make – I don't know. I don't know why they did it. They did it because CEH is awful. Can you believe that he went not only in the NFL draft, but many fantasy football drafts above Swift, Akers, and JT? Can't believe Just wild. Yeah. I mean, definitely not the next Brian Westbrook. Oh, man. Well, that goes... I think those are all of our trades. So now we'll get into... I'll let you run with the NFL Combine. So, uh, quick Combine notes. Basically just going to run through it running back. Um, The guys who really kind of cemented their... Basically, the Combine matters so that you're not negatively affected on your draft capital. So if you're a bad athlete, you're going to get drafted lower, which means you have less opportunities. Um, And then the actual athletic testing itself only really matters for running backs and tight ends, whereas wide receivers and um, quarterbacks, it really doesn't matter what, you know, what your 40 time is. But some of the ones that kind of stood out, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, um, they both kind of tested really well. They measured in and weighed in. Um, they're kind of that bell cow RB1 size, so they're going to probably go pretty high in the draft. Um, someone who definitely hurt their stock was Kyron Williams, just running so slow. I just don't see. I just don't see a team. He may have got himself to the point where he's not going to be drafted. So if I, well, he actually he actually just had his pro day the other day. I think it was Friday or something, and his forty-yard time I think was a four-five-eight or something like that. So I think maybe he goes from undrafted to, you know, maybe he's around five guy, around six guy. Yeah, I mean, if I had to, I mean, four-five-eight is still bad for someone who weighs under two hundred pounds. Yeah, it's not. It's not ideal. I do, personally, I liked what he put on tape, blocking and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I would be. I would be looking to move him for something I on just, the college side. I just don't know. Maybe a pick or a player. Gotcha. Isaiah Spiller did not test, um, other than his pro day, which Luke might have some information on. But um, he didn't. Obviously, he didn't hurt himself. He's just relying on like his film, and then what they believe to be his time, you know, his athleticism, but he does have a really good like receiving profile for running back of his size. And so I think some teams are going to be interested in that. So I could see him getting pretty high draft capital as well. Yeah. His pro day, I think was a four five three or somewhere around there. So, um, he didn't hurt himself. Didn't help him. I mean, I think he helped himself in the sense of, he ran as opposed to the combine where he didn't. Um, and if you thought that he was going to be like super fast, I think again, you didn't really watch his tape. Like he's not a super fast guy. The other thing, you know, that 40 times for me, it just tells me you have that ability to have that 70 yard breakaway touchdown. 
most of the time you're going to be getting between two and four yards. So you just have to have that initial explosiveness. So that vertical, the broad jumper, more of what I care about, I guess. Personally. Yeah. And, and four, five, three is not a bad time for someone who's 215 pounds. I mean, that's actually pretty fast. So, cause if you think about it, Christian McCaffrey runs a four five at two Oh five. So, and then kind of the two guys that, probably helped their draft stock the most was Brian Robinson and Zamir White through the combine. Um, Zamir White tested nearly as well as like Brees Hall in a lot of events. And then he just doesn't have obviously the college production that Brees Hall did. And then you got Brian Robinson who is going to get kind of that Alabama boost. And then he actually ended up testing really well at the combine as well for his size, which he's almost 230. So I got a underwear Olympics question for you. If anybody doesn't know what the underwear Olympics are, that's the combine, your pro days, stuff like that. But Isaiah Spiller, he comes in, he says, I'm not going to run. Um, but he did other tests where like, he just didn't test very well. So it's like, he talked about being hurt, but like, Hey, I'm, I'm good enough to do these drills, but not enough to do these drills. Do you care if a player at all just comes and comes to the combine and doesn't do any testing, just does the interview stuff. I care if they don't weigh in and get measured. Those are like, those are the two biggest data points, I guess, for me in my process, because, you know, you can't go off of what somebody's listed at at their college. Like it's all, it's all just smoke and mirrors. So everybody stepping on the same scale and getting measured for their height the exact same way, that's important to me. And then after that, kind of depends on the position. Like if a running back doesn't want to run and they're not saying it's because of injury, I just think, okay, this dude's slow, a.k.a. Najee Harris. Or just like, you know, doesn't have that dog. They, like... Just not as competitive as maybe you'd want them. Like I get from a, a money standpoint, some things make sense to do and, and don't do. But there are also guys that didn't get invites that maybe I want to see. Like, okay, Isaiah Spiller, you're not going to do any of these. Come in, do your weight, height, weight measurements, and then just get out of town. Like, I don't want you here. I want those people that are like the very bottom that were, Hey, we cut, you guys aren't going to come to the combine. I want to see those players. Yeah. I think, I think to me, the bigger like red flag, I guess, when Isaiah Spiller was okay. You ran the 40 at your pro day, but why didn't you do it at the combine? I don't care. I don't need you to run two of them, but I would do it at the combine where it's a controlled environment. Well, you know, apparently he's hurt. That's what, again, if you're hurt, then why are you doing the other, other tests? Yeah. I don't know. There's something, something fishy there. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't give me warm fuzzies. Well, I guess along those same lines, uh, Drake London didn't participate in anything, so we don't have any idea what kind of athlete he is. Um, I'll have to look this up while you're talking, but he actually scheduled his own pro day. Did he actually do it? <laughs> they they have they have not done it yet. 
Let me look this up. You filibuster while I, while I look this up. Yeah, so my theory on Drake London is that he's, again, like for wide receiver, the testing actually doesn't matter. Keenan Allen ran a 4-7. That's really slow. But it doesn't matter because there's just so many ways to win at wide receiver. Now, Drake London not running probably means he's anywhere from 4-6 to 4-7. Like, there's no there's no chance that he's running like a 4-4. And April 5th. April 5th. That's going to be his pro day. Okay, well. USC had theirs March 23rd. He's going to have his April 5th. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I follow some people that do miles per hour tracking and stuff like that, and there is zero chance that Drake London is a 4-5 guy. So if it comes in at 4-5, I just wouldn't believe it. It also doesn't matter. Um, there's a lot of people that are high on Drake London, but I think not not doing anything at the Combine is telling. So he didn't even do height and weight? Uh, I think he... I want to say he did do height and weight. That's all we got from it. Okay. Gotcha. So then uh, David Bell, I think he just... Like, his combine just basically confirmed what everybody knew. Like, he's not this supreme athlete who's gonna... I don't know, just make these ridiculous athletic moves or anything like that. But he's a very, very good receiver, so... Excited to see where he goes. He definitely didn't help his draft capital, though, with his combine. I have heard some grumblings that the fantasy community is much higher on David Bell than the actual NFL community. And honestly, like when I'm looking at players, like, you know, I just always feel like, oh, I know better. But having these... I need to do better in my process of looking at mock drafts because those people have inside information somewhere. Kind of like what I mentioned with Drake London always being mocked to the Jets. Like, if he goes to the Jets, I'm not going to be shocked. And if if the NFL's down on David Bell and he doesn't go till round three, round four, that means opportunity. So it's something that for me and my process, I need to be better at and more conscious of. Yeah. And I mean, I've also seen like NFL mock drafts from people who are pretty known doing them that have like 12 wide receivers going in round one. And I can guarantee right now that won't happen either. Yeah. Definitely have to be conscious of who you get information from because some of it is entertainment of clickbait and stuff. Like I just saw I listened to a podcast today, and they said that you should take Carson Strong because he's going to be the next Josh Allen. Well, if you've never watched Carson Strong, he does not run like Josh Allen. He doesn't run, period, except yeah. for backwards. So just be conscious of, of that content that you, that you do consume. Yeah, and so earlier in the show, I did say that David Bell is my wide receiver, too. Um, I think he would stay my wide receiver too as long as he goes in the first three rounds. He's got to be day one or day two of the NFL draft. If he goes after that, then that's when you really start getting concerned because now you're just another guy. And you've got to work up from you know fifth string on the depth chart um, to try and get some run. But, yeah. 
And I assume Burks is your number one. Burks is my number one. Yep. Yep. Um, people acting like he had a bad like combine. I don't think he did. I think it was right in line with where he needed to be, and it's not going to impact his draft capital. So probably still looking at late first for him. So pretty excited about that. There's been a lot of rumors that uh, if he's sitting there, I believe it's at pick 24, that the Cowboys would take him because Jerry Jones is an Arkansas boy. Yeah, I don't think Jerry would be able to help himself, um, and I would hate that. (laughs) But um, Wilson and Olave, I was actually surprised because Wilson and Olave weighed in, and Wilson's smaller than Olave, and I did not think that that was the case. Neither did I. He... Wilson definitely plays a lot bigger than he is. Well, not according to stats, because Olave was better in college than him. So, I have no idea where Wilson, Olave, Sky Moore, and then um, kind of the other wild card is Jamison Williams. I have no idea how high or low that any of them might be drafted. So that is, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. I could see Jamison Williams going, like, first off the board for a wide receiver. Not that I think he should. Well, it depends where but... o- depends where Oakland picks. Or, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Yeah, true. They like, they like Alabama fast guys. Yeah, but how fast is he? He couldn't, he couldn't test either, so I don't know. But those are kind of my wild cards on, like, they, those guys could all very well go in the first round. So then uh, two people that really lit up the combine and should be on our radars because they're both available in our rookie um, NFL picks, like guys that we currently don't have on our rosters, are Christian Watson and Alec Pierce. They both just lit up the combine. Like they're like super athletes. Um, But yeah, you could see a route for one of these guys to kind of become like a, I don't know, trying to think of a good comp for him where they didn't really produce in college as a wide receiver, but then they did produce once they got to the NFL. But Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. What's that? Um, of just, like, people who didn't produce in college and then did well in the NFL. Claypool. Claypool. Yeah, because yeah, he was, you know, just learning the game at that yep. point. Um. I got a quick game uh, for all of you listening. I think Jacob Hardy knows knows the, knows the answer. But who would you rather have? So here are the combine numbers. 40 time, a 4.41 versus a 4.42. A vert of a 40.5 versus 40.5. A broad of 10.9 versus 10.6. A shuttle of... 4.28 versus 4.53. A three cone of 7.13 versus they didn't do it. All the numbers are better for the first person that I stated. That first person is 6'3", 211 pounds. The second person is 6'4", 238, so they've got a bigger build. 
one of those, the first person is Alec Pierce. The second person is Claypool. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, they pretty much have the exact same numbers on everything. Yeah, except for the weight, you know, got an extra inch with Claypool and an extra 27 pounds, which can't be understated in the NFL, but very interesting. For sure. So then just I've kind of highlighted four tight ends throughout through the combine. Two that really probably helped their draft stock are Greg Dulcich and Jelani Woods. I don't know if you followed the combine at all, but Jelani Woods absolutely lit the combine up. Like he had by far the best performance of the week at the combine. Um, I don't think he's rostered in our league either. I don't believe he is. I believe he is also in the pool for the draft. So yeah, if he gets because he was a Virginia Cavalier, and I think maybe even put up one of the best combine scores in the last like thirty years. Yes. Yep. So he's up there with like Vernon Davis in terms of athleticism. So if he gets draft capital, I mean, that's definitely a good rookie pick in that uh, in our draft. Um, one thing to just be mindful of is we're not tight end premium and we're probably going to have to wait for like a Jelani Woods to get that playing time. So you're looking at two to three years before he can really bust out and be a contributor to your roster most likely. But the upside is tremendous. Yep, and with our, our rules with the taxi squad, you have pretty much they can live there for two years. So you might have to promote them to your active roster without actually seeing anything. Yeah, and I mean, the easiest thing in the world for like when you're evaluating a tight end is are they big and are they athletic? Well, he's very big and very athletic. So pretty high on him. Um, and he did a lot to like kind of help his own draft stocks. So. Two guys that really kind of – that they're just done now are my guy Jake Ferguson. I believe Peyton Hendershot is on Grimm's roster. But they they yes. both ran above 4.8, and that's, that's basically kind of the – that's the line of demarcation for if they're going to be successful for fantasy purposes. Fantasy purposes in the NFL is to be under a 4.8 in the 40. They both ran over that. They're probably going to both primarily be used for blocking. So, the other thing that I thought was interesting was uh, uh, the tight end that just retired uh, with the Colts, Jack Doyle. He is also has a nickname of Baby Hands, and he has hands of nine point two five. Well, Peyton Hendershot has hand size of nine. So baby hands junior <laughs> with with Peyton Hendershot. I don't even know if he can block. Like he might does are his hands big enough to block? I don't know. He probably can't even like so, pick up a soda. Yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> he uses two hands to carry a soda and he has somebody he probably opens the he probably only gets bottles so he can open them with his teeth. Someone once gave him like a 32 ounce Gatorade and he didn't know what to do with it. He had to wrap both arms around it. 
But yeah, that's pretty much all I got for the combine. All right. Well, that actually wraps up we our had show one more quarterback Desmond oh. Ritter. Um, I was really surprised by his forty time, and that is definitely a big, big bonus uh, for quarterbacks in the NFL. So, like you're talking about somebody who's going to be able to do what um, Jalen Hurts does and get a ton of rush yards. So having that upside, especially in our league, is awesome. I'm excited to see where these quarterbacks go in the draft. He, again, pro days are all scripted, but his pro day uh, was pretty good as well. Um, so that wraps up our show. We're running here about an hour, 15 minutes. So we will uh, call that a show. I've got a... We'll figure out when our next show is going to be, Jacob. We'll do that off offline here. But uh, special announcement. So if you don't follow at Colin Decker, um, I think it's just at Colin Decker. It might be at Colin Decker C2C. But he is one of the co-founders of CampusToCanton.com. And they do this, this format that we, we do and... I reached out to him and asked him if he would be willing to grade our supplemental draft, and he was more than willing to. So once we have our supplemental draft and that finishes, I'll send him um, everybody's rosters or draft picks, and he said give him like a week or so, and he would come up with grades with everybody. And then we're going to have him on the podcast and – and kind of break everything down. So I'm really excited about that because I just really love this C2C format and this community that I've interacted with on Twitter has been super awesome. So, and just being, having one of the founders come to our little itty bitty home podcast that we have nine other people listen to, I think is really, really cool. So I'm excited for that. Cool. Well, have a good work week, everyone, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya.